The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Imagine what a surprise it would be to a 13-year-old girl praying for God to lift her up, to suddenly leave her body and go floating to the ceiling. Well, that's what happened to our guest today, and as a result, she is dedicating much of her time these days to telling the world about NDEs. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I should tell you that today's guest, Roberta Moore, is a filmmaker, and that I had something like a 30-second appearance in her film, Near-Death Experience, What Medical Professionals Need to Know. Roberta, welcome to NDE Radio. Hi, Lee. Glad to be here. Oh, it's good to have you. Uh, Roberta, tell our audience, if you would, about your two experiences where prayer took you to another place. Um, well, as you mentioned earlier in your show, uh, when I was about 13 years old, um, I had been a, a very, I guess, spiritual, religious little girl, and I always read the Bible every night before I went to sleep. And one night, uh, I got the idea to pray, Lord, lift me up. And I got that idea from an old hymn uh, that was, Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else uh, could help, love lifted me. So I got this idea as a 13-year-old, okay, I'm going to pray, God, lift me up. But I didn't expect to find myself uh, pressed against the ceiling of my little bedroom. And I, yeah, it was the texture of the ceiling that really made me realize where I was. And uh, when I realized where, you know, that I, my consciousness was, uh, had been literally lifted up, I immediately dove back into my body. And uh, there I shook for a little while thinking, what happened to me? What just happened to me? And, um, of course, I never told anybody. I didn't tell my parents because I knew they'd tell me it was just a dream. And I knew I was wide awake, and it had really happened to me. So uh, that was the first thing that really changed my ideas about how the universe is organized. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I realized consciousness could go, uh, could go traveling a little bit uh, when I was 13. Mm -hmm. And when did you finally tell someone about it? Uh, probably when I was a senior in high school, I told a friend. And uh, he was nice about it. He just kind of nodded and said, oh, well, <laughs> anything can happen. <laughs> uh, and then I don't think I talked about it again until I was in my 20s. Uh, mm -hmm. And I told a few friends. And eventually I told my family. Um, but it took a long time. Uh, and what was and they, just, they didn't know what to make of it. Uh, but uh, uh, I had, yeah, I had had another experience. The other experience was in my early 30s. Um, and that, again, was in response to prayer. Um, I was praying to feel the love of God. And, again, I had no idea what I was asking for. I guess I thought it was going to be a little tingle. And instead, I had uh, a full encounter with the being of light, the bright light that near-death experiencers talk about. And uh, it was full of bliss. It was, you know, it was an indescribable light, but there was a beingness to it. 
and uh, I felt unconditional love and bliss, and it was so powerful that I I really couldn't. Uh, I, I thought I was going to explode from the energy that mm. had infused me. Um, so later, I did try to talk to my family about that experience, and and uh, again, they they were just. Uh, they had no idea what to make of it. I seem to be sane in every other way. But, <laughs> but, uh, so uh, anyway, now, they've gotten used to it now. Now, did uh, did you feel this light and love come to you in where you were in your room or wherever? Uh, yes, or, or did was, you go? You weren't transported to another place. No, no. It was it was. Uh, I was in my the living room of my home. I had been meditating a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I I had been praying very sincerely to feel the love of God, and uh, I started to see a shimmer in the in the upper uh, corner of, of the room, and then it just got brighter and brighter, and uh, I had a you know a full blown I guess you'd say mystical experience, um, and I think it was an answer to my prayer. I did feel an incredible, overwhelming, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So uh, I came away from those experiences thinking pa- prayer is very powerful, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that sometimes when you pray, you don't really know what, uh, what the response is going to be. But I was very blessed in both instances. Did it feel like, when you say a shimmer, uh-huh. it, it reminded me of some of the movies like The Matrix where this reality is not the real reality. Did you feel like you were seeing something that was realer than the room you were sitting in? Oh yes, I I was I had a glimpse of another dimension. Was the way I felt, um, and it it was as if everything else. I mean, I still was aware where I was, but that just kind of fell away, and I was I was in this different space that was really incredible, and I I felt my body. Um, there was like a ray came out of the light and infused me, and I felt my my body was filled up with this light. Mm. And um, so that's how I got interested in near-death experience, was I was looking, I, I, I was trying to find descriptions of other people who had had this same type of experience. And near-death experiencers in their, uh, you know, their experience when they're uh, almost dying uh, and then coming back, they encounter the same being of light, and the descriptions match my experience perfectly. Mm. So uh, that was how I, I read everything I could get my hands on. I've also read of other people who've had experiences like mine, where they were not in a uh, you know in a near death situation, and uh, they were blessed with this experience uh, of this uh, tremendous loving being of light. And you're looking for other stories about other um, experiences. Is that what took you to IANS? Absolutely. Yes, it's been... Uh, I was in my early 30s at the time, and I'm retired now. So it's been since that time. It's And even earlier, I was on a spiritual quest. I think that original out-of-body experience, and then I had an inclination uh, for spiritual interests, uh, even when I was very young. So all my life I, I've been on a spiritual journey. But, of course, when I had the encounter uh, with the being of light, 
that intensified everything. And so um, I found IANS, which has been such a blessing, uh, and and I'm uh, so proud to be a professional member of that organization. It's the International Association for Near-Death Studies. And what led you to the idea of making films about NDEs? Uh, well, I was coming to a time of retirement, and uh, quite unexpectedly, I became a filmmaker. Uh, I hadn't planned it, but it, uh, you know, I, I found that I had a, a talent and a passion for it. And I was at a retreat center in Virginia, and I met a doctor there. And she and I started to talk about near-death experiences, and she works in an ICU. Her name is Lauren Belge, uh, and she works in an ICU, and uh, she sees between 8 and 12 near-death experiencers a year. And she was telling me that the other doctors in her hospital were not comfortable with talking to people who had had these kinds of spiritual experiences, and they started referring them all to her. And I said, well, why do you think they're so uncomfortable? And she said, well, they have never had any training. They don't know anything about it. And uh, from that conversation, um, I talked to her and, and said, you know, do you think a training video would be useful? And she said, I think it would be invaluable. So when I contacted IANS, uh, I got a, a call back from uh, the president, Diane Corcoran, and she said, I think maybe we can work together. <laughs> so uh, it evolved from there. Well, you you made a beautiful film, uh, I believe. Uh, and uh, maybe I'm prejudiced because I have a small spot in it. But uh, near-death experience, what medical professionals need to know. And as a chaplain at a hospital, I, need, I know that they need that, especially. Uh, I get called in all the time by doctors who are getting a report from a patient about a near-death experience, and they don't know how to deal with it, and they ask me to instead. What um, what were some of your experiences in interviewing folks to uh, in, in the making of that film? Well, I interviewed both doctors um, and um, a one uh, nurse. Diane Corcoran is a uh, is a nurse PhD. And I also interviewed people who had had near-death experiences. And um, I, I found that the doctors who understood about uh, near-death experience were passionate in um, wanting to tell other doctors that these experiences are real, that they are normal, that they are common, and that uh, patients need to uh, be treated uh, respectfully when they have these experiences, that uh, uh, near-death experience is really a patient care issue. And uh, to ignore it uh, or to uh, somehow say that it's, uh, you know, just a fantasy or a hallucination really causes a great deal of pain to people uh, who've had these very powerful spiritual experiences. Mm. And what sort of feedback have you gotten from uh, from the film? I know you've been out speaking to groups, and uh, uh, well, I, I guess both, both medical and religious groups, haven't you? Um, I've taken it to uh, churches. I, I've taken it to medical uh, professionals, uh, and that's 
uh, the audience that it was made for. I've also taken it to general audiences, and because it's non-technical, I've had very good responses uh, across the board. Um, starting with medical professionals, I've taken it to hospitals. Uh, uh, I've taken it mostly to nursing associations, and um, I think probably one of the most touching experiences I've had was with a group of seasoned, uh, very experienced nurses. And when I showed them the film, and then they started to talk about the experiences that they had had with their patients or Mm. possibly the experiences they had had personally or uh, with their families, Uh, the room just filled with this uh, this energy. And people, it was so touching. There were probably 25 or 30 nurses there, and um, people were cheering up. They were... It, the film gave them the opportunity to talk about experiences that they normally would not be, you know, would, wouldn't have a chance to talk about. And in sharing together, um, and there were many people, you know, out of 30, there were probably eight or ten people who were talking about things that had happened to them, their patients, or their families. Uh, so it was it was a very, very moving experience. And I was told later that, that the nurses said that that was the best um, presentation that they had had, and they have monthly presentations. Mm. So there was a great deal of enthusiasm there. And I've also taken it to hospice groups. And oh, again, what do they think of it? Oh, they love it. <laughs> they, they love it because, again, it validates their experience, and it gives them permission to share their own stories. Uh, in the hospice, uh, they see a lot of deathbed visions where uh, people who are um, dying see their loved ones who have passed on, or they might see uh, a spiritual uh, figure. And, uh, you know, sometimes families get confused and try to tell their dying loved one that, you know, oh, no, that's just a hallucination. There's really nothing there. But the person who's having that experience is convinced and, and is truly seeing these people who love them. Um, and it can be interpreted that they are coming, those 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 people who have passed on are coming to help their loved one make the journey across to the other side. And so, uh, you know, the the hospice nurses have a lot of those stories. And uh, most of them are very respectful and understand that it's important that when someone is dying, they need to be allowed to fully uh, experience those uh, visions and those things that are coming to them. Right. What, what do you think is the best way to reach uh, groups like hospice workers and nurses and uh, chaplains, for that matter, who um, who don't really have enough information about NDEs? How, how, how could we get your film, for example, a wider distribution? Well, um, I took it to uh, a conference this year. I'm in southwest Florida, and I went up to Baltimore. 
and I took it to the, uh, the National Conference of the Association for Deaf Educators and Counselors. And uh, I got a great reception, and they, they really were very excited about it and practically begging me to make another film uh, about deathbed visions because that's the thing that they are, uh, you know, the, the counselors and the hospice workers are in, uh, mostly seeing so um, I think by taking it to conferences and also for uh, doctors and nurses themselves to take the video and to uh, and hospice workers too, to take it to their organizations and talk about their own experiences and show the video. I'm only one person, um, and I'm also you know uh, making other videos uh, as well. I have. A couple other projects that I'm, I really want to do. So I'm, I'm spread very thin. But, um, I did find at, by taking it to a conference, I had quite a few people buying the video and mm-hmm. then, uh, people who wanted more information about it. So I, I actually, along with Jan Holden, another IAMS member, um, out of over a hundred speakers, we were the only two who spoke uh, about anything like near-death experience. Um, so I felt like it was important to be there at a national conference to sort of represent uh, that the, the uh, group who understands uh, that it's important that people's spiritual lives are, are very important to their healing. Um, yes. and, and it's important for doctors and nurses to really understand and treat patients uh, appropriately. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Jan Holden, who's uh, part of IANS, of course, and uh, you and she are, I understand, planning uh, another video. Maybe you could tell us something about that. Uh, well, we are, um, the, the new project that we're working on, we will be fundraising in the spring. Uh, it is uh, about, well, the title is going to be Escape from Darkness, and it's about the wisdom of near-death experience and suicide prevention. So it's, it's a delicate subject, but there are people who have tried to commit suicide, who have had near-death experiences, and they have gained wisdom that they bring back when they are, they don't die and they come back and they understand that suicide is not the answer and they understand that life is purposeful and that there is love in the universe. So we want to make uh, a video that would be appropriate for people who are contemplating suicide and also for counselors to use uh, with uh, with those people who are having su- suicidal thoughts. And uh, we feel that if we could even help impact and save one life, that it would be worth uh, the effort to make the film. So I am looking for people who have had that experience, uh, anyone who has uh, attempted suicide and had a near-death experience, Please contact me. <laughs> uh, you can contact me at Roberta Moore, M O O R E F L, like Florida, Roberta Moore F L, at gmail.com. 
and um, I am looking for people to interview. We will be fundraising uh, in probably February or March on Indiegogo. It's a crowdfunding um, resource online, and that's going to be my first attempt at uh, at using crowdfunding. But I think it's such an important video uh, that I think that um, that people will be willing to help and contribute so we can bring this important information to help save people's lives. Yes. Well, I have found in chaplain work, uh, when I talk to people who have attempted suicide, which, uh, you know, they always or often turn up in the hospital as a result, uh, that uh, they find NDE uh, stories very interesting, even if they haven't had a, an NDE themselves, um, they uh, it gives them something, it gives them a grounding in um, in this life somehow. Because I'm telling them about the uh, the experience of people who've seen the other side, and it's a, it's it has a very interesting healing effect. I think um, just the relating of other people's adventures on the other side to someone who tried to get there but didn't realize what it was. And, and, I actually, um, excuse me, I thought you were done. Um, no, I, actually I am. had yeah had a letter uh, from someone, um, well, a, an email message this week from someone who had that very experience that she uh, was suicidal and uh, she found uh, literature about near death experiences and it just just learning about. What it's like to uh, to go through the death process, um, the dying process, and to find that life has purpose and meaning, and that there is love in the universe. These stories are universally healing, and so uh, we hope to bring those those stories to people who are having suicidal thoughts and who who are in despair. And um, so that's that's our our next project. I also behind that one, uh, I would love to do one uh, about uh, deathbed visions because the hospice, hospice people really were telling me that they need training and uh, need information and need validation about uh, those kinds of experiences. And so I have I have kind of a list of things. Uh, I, I'm going to be busy for several years. It looks like <laughs> it's really my passion. Uh, I feel that I am doing exactly uh, what I want to do and am meant to do, and uh, I just am trying to do it as fast as I can. Uh, funding is always an issue, so I'm hopeful that uh, we we will get some funding through um, through the campaign on the crowdfunding. I think especially for your uh, suicide prevention film that uh, there should be a a lot of people out there interested in helping to support something like that. I I wanted to ask you, Roberto, um, what do you think about the um, dramatic rendering of stories like, oh, um, Heaven is for Real, for example, uh, um, a very popular film uh, in awakening people's uh, attention to near-death experience? Oh, I think, uh, you know, um, films, popular films are invaluable, uh, that it does give people uh, a glimpse into the experiences that are so common and widespread. Um, so 
I think that uh, that they're very important. And, um, you know, some, some are done better than others, but um, I, I think that maybe the films are getting better. I um, I like the one, um, oh, it's about the afterlife that Clint Eastwood made. Do you remember? I'm trying to think of the name of it now. Um, uh, Hereafter? I think it is just Hereafter. And, about and that, the uh, tsunami that... Uh... Yes, that was an the, that was an the, ex- the woman drowns and then can't convince anyone that her near death experience was real. I thought that was an excellent film. I, mm. I, you know, that would be probably top on my list. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I think film is an Im- important part of getting uh, the message out because um, you know people read, but they also are very impacted by film. The film that I made is a training film for medical professionals, but I'm finding that the general audiences, uh, churches, and um, even I've shown it to my condominium association here three times, and they're still asking me to show it again. Because uh, word of mouth, you know, people say, well, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I want to see it. (laughs) So uh, it it has uh, made a big impact. Because doctors uh, and, you know, chaplains and nurses have a lot of credibility. And so maybe if people won't listen um, to others, they do uh, find that, you know, medical professionals um, get their attention. Mm. So I I think it's been important to show it to general audiences as well as uh, the medical groups. When you show it to religious groups, do you get any pushback from uh, differing theological points of view that uh, they object to um, what near-death experience implies? Well, I suppose those groups haven't invited me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, the religious groups that I've shown it to have been extremely receptive. Um, in fact, uh, one church I went to, the minister, had had a near-death experience himself. And so after I showed the video, he talked about his own experience. And then uh, always when I have a group of, you know, even sometimes 10 or 20 people, always there are people there who've had their own experiences. Mm. And um, I have even had skeptics come up to me and say that, they, after seeing the video and hearing these, you know, very, very respectable physicians talking uh, about near-death experience, that it had it had turned them around and made them think differently about near-death experience. And I think that probably makes me the happiest of all when uh, when somebody's mind is opened to the possibility that, uh, you know, this life is maybe not all there is to uh, to our human experience, that there's other possibilities as well. I think the project uh, that is in the further future for you, the one about um, uh, deathbed uh, visions and the uh-huh. like, will, will be fascinating not only to hospice workers but to nurses who often see that sort of thing in, in the hospital when a patient is dying. I had one nurse who uh, told me she had been told by a patient who wasn't, she didn't even think was terribly sick and had been very grouchy, very grumpy, that suddenly one morning she came in, he was in wonderful, uh, happy condition, and she said, well, 
what's changed your mood? And he said, well, I had a visit from my son last night. He said he's coming for me tomorrow to take me home. And she said, well, I thought your son had died. And he said, yes, he did. And he's going to come at 1 o'clock, and I'd like you to be here to sit with me when that happens. She said, you're not even that sick. You're not going to die. But at 1 o'clock, she was there. He raised his arms, this look of recognition on his face, and exactly as he said, he was gone. Well, I I heard so many stories when I went to the conference and when I uh, went, uh, you know, talked with hospice groups, um, and it it just happens so frequently. So yes, it's uh, it's definitely something that I am going to be doing. I wanted to give you uh, give your listeners some information. If you want to uh, keep up with what I'm doing on video, you can go to Facebook and uh, do a search for my name, Roberta Moore, M-O-O-R-E, and then put in also N-D-E video, Roberta Moore, N-D-E video, and you'll come up with my Facebook page, and I post on there uh, little updates as I speak to groups and as I make progress uh, in making videos. So I uh, invite you to join me, and I would love to uh, have you like the page and uh, make some comments. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always looking, and and I'll reply if you uh, if you come on to that uh, Facebook page. Um, and they can also they can also get your uh, film on uh, DVD, isn't that right? Uh, yes, it's available from IANS. Uh, if you go to i a n d s iams dot org slash video. You'll see more information and actually a trailer there, a little preview of the video and ordering information. You also may want to look around that website, iands.org. Um, yes, it's, it's, it's terrific. It's, <laughs> it's wonderful. It has reading lists. It has stories. It has so, so many resources. So I highly recommend it. Roberta, I want to thank you for, uh, for being our guest today and for describing your experiences related to prayer and how it led to your filmmaking. And I want to tell the folks, if they'd like to listen again to this or any other of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IANS, check out their website, as Roberta said, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.